Hey, everybody, it's Bevan. Welcome to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I have said my name three times. It's time to start the show. I want to introduce my co-host, Biscuit Reynolds, who will be contributing snorting noises throughout this episode. Um, I love it when I sit down to record. Sometimes he just rolls right up and I'm like, oh, okay, I guess you're going to be part of this episode now. Um, he's having a really mucusy day. Uh, this is the life of a flat-faced pet owner. Okay, so today I'm going to talk to you about psilocybin, aka magic mushrooms, aka shrooms, aka the kind of mushrooms you can eat that will help transport you to potentially a different reality or a different experience or a leveled up experience of life. Um, I thought a lot. So, okay, before I get started, this episode is for information only. As with all of my episodes, I can simply provide you my personal experience. You do it at your own risk, your own choices. You're an autonomous being. I am here simply telling you my story and cannot give you any advice or information. You should seek your own sources, do your own research. And by research, not just to Google, find trusted sources, read up on it. There's tons of books on this stuff. Really go out and figure out what you need to know to do what you want in life to seek your safety. Okay. I've said my disclaimer. So I thought a lot about like whether I was going to talk about this because, um, you know, it's still considered a drug by many, but, um, what's funny is I was having this conversation, uh, with a pal the other day. Um, and she just kind of like whispered at me. She's like, I'm thinking about doing shrooms. And like, she was really hush hush about it. She didn't want anyone to hear it. It A lot of shame and secrecy. And I was like, Oh, you mean psilocybin? <laughs> I said it at full volume because I think of this as like a more of an ally. I think plants are allies in so many things. Um, humans evolved because of trees. Like trees are half of our um, respiratory system, right? We breathe out, the trees breathe in, they breathe out, we breathe in. It's all part of it. Our lungs look like tree roots. It's wild how this world works, right? And mycelium, uh, which is what creates mushrooms. Mushrooms are basically the fruit of the mycelium networks, um, connect trees together. Mycelium are the mother of us all. If you have not yet seen the movie Fantastic Fungi, it's on Netflix now, which is fantastic. Um, I actually, I saw that movie for the first time in the theater when I first moved up here to the Olympic Peninsula. I, um, I was trying to make friends and part of uh, just kind of going out in the community and connecting with people for me was like going to coffee shops and just introducing myself to people, looking at the flyers on the walls and things like that. And it was like November of 2019. And I remember um, overhearing someone talking about this movie at a coffee shop and how great it was. And it was playing at our local indie theater. And I had also heard um, my step-parent Pat talking about it. So I said, hey, Pat, you want to go see this movie? So we got mom involved and we all went and we saw it. And it like was so cool. It was really cool to see the movie in a theater. So I would suggest watch it at home if you can project it on your TV. This I'm speaking to me as much as you because I get lazy and watch things on my laptop instead of putting it on the TV in the dark and like really experiencing a movie as it's meant to be lit and experienced. Um, and... Anyway, so Fantastic Fungi, I feel like everyone, um, every time I watch it, I get a new takeaway from it. Um, and I'm so grateful it's on Netflix now, so I can watch it a lot. Um, and the thing that I really learned from that movie was that, um, like, prehistoric man, I don't know how you would, Paleolithic man, the cavemen, uh, were tracking their 
prey, like, right, like they were hunting, we're omnivores, right, by, by nature, humans eat meat and plants. Um, and we're tracking uh, animals that they're hunting, and they were eating mushrooms that were growing out of the poop of their prey, this is the thing. Um, and those mushrooms were psychedelic, and they were responsible for the expansion of human consciousness in our brains. And our brains have actually developed a lot faster than our bodies have. I've learned this a lot in my studies as an aerobics instructor, I'm really, really interested, and as a human, I'm really interested in the physiology of high performance. Basically, how can I have less effort and more effect? <laughs> I am a person who is phlegmatic by nature. I like peace. I like rest. And so I like to really optimize how I can use my time and my activity the most effectively, right? So this is why I teach so much about confidence boosting and um, the physiology of high performance at my class back to dance party aerobics. So, um, you know, just thinking about like this, the physiology of our bodies and our brains, our, our bodies still believe we're in agrarian times. Our bodies think we're in like the 17th or 18th century, like that we're farmers and we're outdoors every day moving around. That's, that's the evolution our bodies have had. Our brains have evolved and created a world that basically is hostile to our bodies, which is, I believe, one of the big reasons we have so much anxiety, um, depression, fear, doubt, and worry, and all of that kind of stuff, because our bodies are existing um, where, oh, the cat is really partying right now. Uh, our bodies are existing in a way that isn't hospitable to them, right? So um, because we have our free will choices about how we move around in the world, we can kind of create a, a world um that is more friendly to our bodies. At least that's what I've been working on the last few years um, is to really create a lifestyle that is friendly to the body that I have um, so that I can exist more fully. And I think um, utilizing plant medicine is a big part of that for me. I'm a person who has a very long history of depression. Um, I was very depressed growing up um, as a young person. Um, and, you know, trauma, bullying, all the things, right? <laughs> um, I felt like, I mean, really fundamentally under all of it is I felt very undesirable because I was fat, because I believed a lot of the lies people told me about my body and the limitations of my body because of my size and a lot of things that were just totally out of my control. Um, and I just, you know, just to insert this so that you hear it. Um, fat, people can be fat for so many different reasons. Um, there's, we're taught that it's all lifestyle based. So it's someone's choice that they're fat. They just choose not to diet and exercise, but you can be fat because of a side effect of a disease. And because of medical fat phobia, frequently fat people aren't fully assessed as full humans. Um, and one of my favorite things to ask a doctor is what would you uh, suggest a thin person do with this diagnosis, right? When they're trying to diagnose weight loss. So side effect of a disease, side effect of medication changes in hormones can cause changes in weight. Um, there's also just, you know, benign human diversity. Some people are just fat. If you look at every woman in my family, she has big boobs and a big belly. That's just, it's the way they're shaped on both sides. It's wild. Um, but you know, and there's also lifestyle and frankly, um, nobody owes you health. Like health is not something you owe anybody else. So people can be fat for all sorts of different reasons. It doesn't make you bad. Right. But that's something I really believed as a kid. And that was something that just, I always felt like a failure constantly. And that sort of thinking really led me into deep, deep depression. Um, and so I've really been into, as an adult, as I've started to unlearn all of those lies about my body, and I've been working on this for 20 something years now, um, as an adult, I'm still, you know, I still get through bouts of depression um, and 
pretty bad sometimes. Uh, my type of depression, and some people are more functional depress depressives than others, right? My type of depression tends to be like seized with anxiety and frozen in place, right? Like the dishes pile up, everything piles up, and I just like don't even know where to start and can't start, won't start, right? So I'm really into like getting out ahead of it and thinking about how my brain chemistry can be best uh, utilized, right? And how I can live a life that's worth living and constantly making choices around what makes my life worth living. Um, and I was really interested, like after, so I had, I had tried, I, I was always curious about mushrooms growing up. I did not have a lot of access to quote unquote drugs, right? Like I didn't even start using cannabis intentionally until I was in my mid thirties. And I'm kind of grateful to be a late bloomer, to be honest. Um, I had to really take alcohol out of the equation to start to really understand how plant medicine ex was experienced in my body. Alcohol was like a totally weird lens to put everything through. I did not like to experience cannabis when I was drunk. And that's usually when I had access to it. And for a long time, I focused on alcohol. And then I released that when I was 33. It's a whole different discussion. Um, but then I started really connecting to cannabis and recognizing that cannabis was like a mood lifter. Cannabis helped to melt away my stress. It helped me kind of vibe up. Um, it was fun to connect with people when we were smoking cannabis together. Like it really was just like this whole other world. And honestly, like one of the best things about cannabis is it helped me really settle down intense chronic digestive issues. I have a chronic digestive disorder, still experience it sometimes. Um, that was really, really bad. Uh, when I was living in New York and I was a practicing lawyer, um, I would, you know, I was pooping blood a lot. That's, that's as bad as it got. Like I knew where every Starbucks was on Manhattan Island because I would be like going to a closing and have to run and take care of bathroom things, right? Like it was really intense and really hard to function. But cannabis really helped settle my stress, honestly, because I think stress is the biggest factor um, for my digestion. Food is also part of it too. So I eat a really specific uh, protocol um, for me that is for my body that I figured out that works for me, right? Um, and and it's I had to like overcome a lot of diet uh, culture stuff, which is a whole other story too. But um, anyway, so got into plant medicine, got into cannabis, really loved cannabis healing, moved to California. And my friend called me California weed bevin. Cause like for so long, I was not a weed smoker. And my friends who were uh, people who smoked, uh, thought it was kind of charming, right? I would forget how to smoke every time because I would get stoned and I would just forget, right? Like I, I don't learn very well when I'm stoned, right? Um, but I moved to California and I just had access to going to the store. I could really nail down what strains worked for me. And I could really nail down what was working for my brain um, about depression. And um, I, it was funny because I thought moving to LA, I would not have seasonal depression anymore. When I was in New York, I would spend like October through March focused on how can I, and really into April, how can I make this worth living? Because my brain, like I just had so much seasonal depression. I felt like my self-care was all going to just feel like living rather than thriving. Um, and when I moved to California, I thought, oh, my seasonal depression will be better. No, <laughs> my seasonal depression was not magically better because I was in a place uh, with a warmer climate. It really just had to do with more behavior stuff that I had to work on. Um, and truly, I think the biggest um, jump I've made in eradicating seasonal depression for me was getting my supplement game going and like really, because supp supplements, I take 
whole food supplements, meaning like they're not processed vitamins from Rite Aid. They are literally like very, very high quality um, formulated to close nutritional gaps and they're made from food. So closing those nutritional gaps, which I think we all have, uh, really helped me with my brain experience over the winter, right? But I still get situational depression. Life is still hard for me frequently, I would say, like not as hard as it has been. Um, since I don't create a lot of chaos for myself anymore. I used to do that, um, calling myself out. Um, but I will say, like, I'm really interested in, like, ways that people use to keep their vibe high. And I heard about a lot of people microdosing mushrooms to do that and to, like, kind of help prevent depression and deal with depression. And I saw it in that movie, Fantastic Fungi, people using uh, mushrooms therapeutically to work through trauma healing and PTSD healing and things like that. And, um, so I had used mushrooms for the first time in, I think 2014, I was at a festival. Um, it might've been 2015, whatever. Um, uh, it was at a festival. I got them from a reputable source, meaning someone I trusted who I knew had access to things that really worked. Um, and you want to like, if you're ever acquiring things, you want to trust the source, right? Like, just like I talked about with supplements, you want to really know where they're coming from. Right. Um, and the same is true. And also the same is true with CBD. I see CBD everywhere. The CBD you buy at Walmart is not going to be the same CBD that you buy from like a, a company with a good reputation that you know where they're getting it from. Cat is adding sneezing to this episode. Um, so anyway, just mindful of my source. Um, and I got some vague instructions about what to use and how much to take. Um, I did it, I was at a lesbian festival, so it felt like a safe environment to like be outdoors. I feel like mushroom psilocybin work really well when you can connect to nature. Um, I think the same is true with plant medicine of any kind, cannabis specifically. I love connecting with nature and cannabis at the same time. Um, but I really think there's something to the experience of psilocybin and nature, like just being outside. So that first time, I'm so glad I was doing it outside. Um, and it was really fun. I had a great time. Um, it was like, you know, things were playful. Like there was a little bit of a time where I was a little bit too high. And so we like laid under a tree and just watched the clouds. Um, but then I just, it just felt silly. Everything felt light and I did not have a massive hangover from it, which I loved. Um, I think the, the last time I did ecstasy, uh, was like 2010 it was 2010 and I made a decision to never do it again because I did not like that for two or three days after I felt depressed. So I would have this amazingly fun time and then I'd have a two to three day depression hangover. And I was like, I don't want to borrow all my serotonin to party. You know, um, I want to just like have, cause you know, I think I'm a person, there's a lot of mental stuff in my family. I think there's a lot of depression. I think my alcoholic, uh, my dad's alcoholic mom, I think, was very untreated for her depression, and she used alcohol to self-medicate, uh, which is not great because alcohol is a depressant. Um, anyway, so all that to say, like, I don't try to borrow my serotonin. I try to do things that support my serotonin production. And um, anyway, so, like, that was fun, and I enjoyed that. But I was, like, really curious about how people use it therapeutically to, like, prevent depression and curious about microdosing. So I um, endeavored to try and I had a trusted source and I started out with a microdose and I took it and I was like really careful about it. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm mindful about this time and like, we'll see how I feel. I felt nothing from my first microdose. So the second time I tried it, I doubled it. I took, you know, 
two times. And what was interesting was that like, you know, I went on my forest walk for the day and um, I like could feel that something was happening in my body. It was like I was almost tripping, <laughs> but I wasn't really experiencing it um, as like fun. You know, it was just kind of like, huh, what's going on in my body? And then towards the end, like I looked up at the moon, the moon was almost full and I saw Dolly Parton's face in the moon. That was really cool. I'll never unsee that. Like now every time I look at a full moon, I see Dolly Parton's face. So you know, it had something for me, but it really just wasn't like an experience that made me feel better, you know? And so then I talked to some friends who use plant medicine and it's so funny because like that friend who was like whispering uh, about mushrooms to me, I'm just so used to being in company with people, specifically women who use plant medicine um, as an entheogen, which is a way of spiritually connecting to a plant in order to have an elevated experience. So it's like so normalized for me now. And I'm so grateful for that because like, I really enjoy using plants um, and not just like plants that are drugs, but also like essential oils and supplements, right? Whole foods, all the ways that plants can help vibe up our lives and reveal truth to us. Cause that's really, to me, what I think my primary relationship with uh, psilocybin is, is just what truth is it revealing to me? Because I think a life worth living is a life where you can be really honest with yourself about everything, including the stuff that you find unlovable or hard. Shadow work is some of the hardest work. Trauma healing is hard. You know, I talk, I have a therapist. I'm like working on my trauma healing all the time. I think that um, like really normalizing going to therapy, like going to the gym, it's maintenance for me at this point. But then whenever something big happens, I have someone to talk it through and connect about it. And it also like the stuff that I reveal to myself when I'm using psilocybin, I can talk to my therapist about, right? Like there's lots of ways of using plant medicine to go alongside your healing path. Um, and so I just, a friend of mine, we were talking about this. I was like, I don't think microdosing is working for me. And she was like, well, then just try like doing reset trips. Like when you trip, like do it with intention, wear soft, have soft things available, um, listen to music without um, words. So I like to listen to Bill Evans. He's a jazz pianist. Oh, so good. His stuff is like, it just really transcends a lot of different feelings. Um, and so that's what I like to play <laughs> specifically. I also really like piano. I feel like I was realizing that piano feels like a massage for my brain, um, maybe a couple years ago. And so I was listening to a lot of piano stuff and then I found Bill Evans and I'm still digging through the catalog and enjoying a great deal. Um, so, you know, I listened to that. I have had, um, I think the last, the first time I tried a reset trip to just like, you know, connect to the truth of myself, I also was brewing um, a pot of applesauce. So this was like last fall um, and I was like brewing it. And so I had this beautiful smell going on. You really want to curate a situation that like has a lot of sensory stuff. So I'm always thinking about all five senses um, and how I can curate that. I like to clean my house first, like make sure that things are like tidy for me to have this time. I clear my calendar, of course, like you really just want to make sure you have no responsibilities, right? Um, so I clear my calendar and I make space. I have my journal out. I have a pen um, and I just like set the experience. The thing with drugs always um, is that you want to start slow because you can always get more high. It's harder to get unhigh, um, especially if you're doing it alone. There's a lot of like this beautiful... I think this is going to happen more and more, actually, like that there will be more therapeutic wellness centers where you can go and have a reset trip that's like curated by other people that like is set up and safe and guided for you. And it's good to have a sober sister. I learned that from sorority life in college. 
Um, I was in a, a lesbian sorority, by the way, uh, which was really fun. Um, but a sober sister is helpful. Um, but I did not. <laughs> when I did my reset trip, I just like was like, well, we're going to see how this goes. And um, and I, there's always people I can call, right? But um, I will say that's what I would suggest to you if you're doing it alone is to have a sober sister. Um, and I uh, just had a really lovely time that reset. Like I connected to some truth about me. I think I had some journal questions I was ready to ask myself to like get into like what's being revealed to me. Uh, but sometimes nowadays, like when I do it um, on like, you know, like now it's summertime. So I've had a couple of summertime trips and like those are more like walking in the woods, connecting in the woods, doing a little yoga, like that kind of thing, just seeing what comes up for me. Um, but what's fun is I found a new way to microdose um, just this past weekend. This is why I wanted to share it on the podcast today is because like I found this new way and it was only because a friend shared it with me. Um, and what's funny is in this conversation where this friend shared it with me, someone else said, oh, that doesn't work. Um, and I was like, oh, interesting. Cause like, it's already working for me. So I had had, um, she said, if you take like very ground up psilocybin, right. So it's gotta be totally ground. It can't just be like plop a mushroom right on the bowl, but you take it and you sprinkle it on your cannabis. Um, and so like when you smoke a bowl of cannabis, you can do something, you can sprinkle something called keef on top of cannabis. I had to learn this from my stoner friends. I didn't know about keef. My friend, Ashley Manta came to my house one time when I was living in LA, unscrewed the bottom of my grinder. Didn't even know you could do that. And there's all this like dust under that. That's keef. And it comes from uh, the cannabis bud uh, and it's, it's potent. It's got THC in it. So you sprinkle it on top of your bowl and you smoke and you get a little more elevated. This is great for people who have a high tolerance, right? Um, I have a high tolerance now, um, but I didn't know about it then. So this is, I'm like such a still newbie. There's so much to learn about plant medicine. Anyway, so if you take this, this woman shared with me, this plant medicine woman, like psychic, I really just admire her so much. Um, and she had suggested just take a little bit of like psilocybin that's ground up and sprinkle it on top of your bowl and smoke it. And then you'll get more of a, an elevated high. Um, and it's more of a microdose and it's not the long trip that you get when you ingest mushrooms and they have to digest in your body. Um, and so I did it and it was delightful. I had a delightful afternoon in the forest with doing this, right? Like just a little bit on my bowl. I probably, I don't know how many bowls I smoked, but like, it was like, it, I, essentially I used up most of one cap, which is previously that was the one cap that I used to like microdose, right? Like capsule is what I mean, not a mushroom cap, but like an actual capsule it's measured out um, from my trusted source that I uh, connect to for plant medicine. So it was, for me, it worked really well. I know some people say it doesn't work for them, but also microdosing with just, you know, ingesting didn't work for me in the way that it works for other people. So this little like, elevated forest walk. It was so good. And what was interesting was, um, so whenever I'm, I have a mushroom experience, there's truth that is revealed to me. This is why journals are so important because it's such a great way for us to connect to the truth that's coming through us. Um, and in that, I was like, what is coming up for me? And like, what I realized is like the, the few days after, um, that experience, and what's, this is like last Saturday and today's Thursday. Um, I was sad like I had a lot of sadness and like, I am the kind of person I'm a home to my feelings. Um, I don't try to fight my feelings. Uh, this is, I think a lot of my experience of bad depression was me 
being depressed and fighting myself about it. It's like the second arrow, right? Like you, you have the first thing, which is the pain, the pain of life. And then the suffering, that's the optional part. And a lot of my suffering is in my resistance. It's in fighting the very thing that's just trying to come up and be recognized. And so I've just been present with this sadness. And I'm like, is this, did I burn up my serotonin or is this really just sad? And, you know, the truth of it is it's really just sad. There's just some sad stuff that I've been holding space for. And really it's like, you know, if I, if there's pandemic sad, there's so much in this like stuff, this never ending pandemic and like the selfishness of other people and like feeling weird because I'm like still masking and, you know, not going to concerts and things like that. And really stopping the virus in my lungs. Cause I know that's all I have control over. Um, there's a lot to be sad about, frankly. Um, I had a lengthy therapy appointment that like really like was from all of this stuff that I realized, right. And sitting with the sadness and trying to just be with it and connect with it. Um, but honestly, like it's good for me to have, to have the truth revealed to me, even if the truth is inconvenient. And that's the thing is like, what are you going to do with truth? That isn't what you want it to be. Right. Um, and how are you going to be a home for that truth? And especially the home for the truth that's true about you. Um, and I'm not a big spiritual bypasser. I'm a person who wants to be in the wholeness of life. Um, I have a Scorpio moon, so I'm like very comfortable with going deep and into the abyss. But um, anyway, that I just felt so excited to find a new way to connect with psilocybin and to have the, had that open up for me and to like, cause it's, a lot easier to use drugs, right, as a way to escape your emotions than it is to utilize plant medicine to reveal the truth of your emotions and to reveal the truth of your human condition. And that's really what I'm here to do is just to ever unfold the truth of my human condition and to create a life that feels like it's worth living for me. Um, so I hope all of that was helpful. For me, it's been very helpful for me to hear other people's journeys and how they connect with plant medicine. Um, and I'm really excited for a world where this stuff isn't stigmatized and the things that can really help people heal and connect to who they really are um, is uh, supported and destigmatized. And um, just know out there that, you know, know who you're connecting to, go low and slow and make sure you have a safety protocol and a preparation plan. Um, those are my big advice things. So I hope this episode was helpful to you. If my podcast is valuable, please consider donating uh, to my Patreon page or, or becoming a member of my Patreon page. Um, you can also shoot me a Venmo at BevanB. Uh, fatkiddanceparty.com slash donate has lots of ways to send me stuff. Even my PO box address, you can send me cute stuff. I get, I got this cute uh, little set of rainbow uh pride uh little trees in my p.o box the other day i'm very excited about it anyway so lots of ways to support this podcast at vacuumdanceparty.com donate but the best way is to become a patreon member patreon is a membership support site that allows folks like you to support creators like me who make work that's valuable for you so it's patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash f-k-d-p which stands for fat kid dance party which is my aerobics class for anyone who feels left behind by mainstream fitness. If you've ever been called too fat, too much, or felt too awkward to dance, mine is the supportive class for you. So um, I have at the $2 and $5 level, you get access to all my Zoom aerobics classes. I teach usually about five classes a month, um, Saturdays, 
and uh, there's usually a weeknight class. I'm saying usually because I'm trying to figure out if it's going to be Monday or Tuesday this month, um, but it's going to be really fun. And we want you there. And it's such a great community. We have a Discord, uh, which is our virtual locker room where you can go and make friends and share photos. Um, and for 25 bucks a month, you get access to my full on-demand membership, which every week I hike my equipment into the woods and record an aerobics class just for that membership. There's always a 10-minute class, 20-minute, two 55-minute classes, a chair aerobics class, and a 45-minute canna size class, which is specifically designed with slower, more repetitive choreography for use with an optional cannabis experience. So patreon.com slash FKDP. I hope uh, to see you there. And thanks so much for tuning into this episode. Please like and subscribe and leave a little, little note encouraging people uh, to listen to the podcast if you feel so inclined. I love you so much. Here is to your healing. Here's to your truth being revealed. And here is to your ability to unconditionally love every part of yourself. No matter how hard it feels, it's totally possible. And it just takes patience and perseverance to get to that place. I love you. Thanks for tuning in.